بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه ومن والاه All praises belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and praises and salutations be upon the final messenger Muhammad ibn Abdullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh everyone and welcome to our third installment of our Dhul Hijjah Diaries Now in previous episodes we spoke about the virtues of uh, Dhul Hijjah we spoke about um, a relationship between the first 10 days of Dhul Hijjah and the last 10 days of Ramadan and um, also we mentioned that one of the reasons why Dhul Hijjah and its first 10 days are so virtuous is because it houses the fifth pillar of Islam known as the Hajj now if this was the only reason why the first 10 days you know were considered so important and uh, you know the first 10 days were chosen by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because it housed the hajj then this was enough as a virtue right uh, aside of all the other wonderful virtues that were shared uh, in the first two episodes this virtue alone would suffice to qualify the first 10 days to be uh, the you know from the greatest days or the greatest days of the year now the hajj brothers and sisters in islam is synonymous with uh, prophet ibrahim alayhi salam there's many actions uh, of the hajj that are linked to uh, ibrahim alayhi salam and for those of you who are on hajj then uh, this is uh, inshallah uh, a lesson that will help amplify your experience there. And for those who are not on Hajj, then please benefit from what I'm going to say and share it with those who are on Hajj so that their experience can be amplified as well. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless you all. So Ibrahim alayhi salam, he built the Kaaba. Then he left his family there, his wife, Hajar, and his newborn Ismail alayhi salam. And it is said that the command to take Ismail there was given when Ismail was around the age of two. Now, the age of two, you know, for those who are parents, you would appreciate this even more. You know, the age of two is the age when, you know, your child really becomes exciting. In the sense that there's a level of independence that the child has. They're not sleeping as much. It's not a case of just, you know, eat and sleep, eat and sleep as uh, they do in their formative early years. Uh, now they are interacting, they're playing, they're uh, latching on to words that we say. They might be saying mama, they might be saying baba. This is the hardest time to, you know, detach yourself um, from your child. And, you know, parents who go on journeys, business trips, for example, and they, they, they leave their two-year-old at home, uh, they, they leave with a heavy heart and they can't wait to get back. Ibrahim salam was commanded to go and leave his wife and his two-year-old son, his only son in the middle of nowhere, right? At that point when Ismail was now, you know, the most exciting to be with, or he was providing the most exciting periods. So you can imagine what the Hajj means when we understand this particular point. Because Ismail being where he was after the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was really the backdrop behind then the Kaaba being built by Ibrahim alayhi salam and his son Ismail alayhi salam when Ismail alayhi salam uh, was much older, right? Now, before this command to build the Kaaba happened, there was, um, uh, you know, there, there was a few tests that we know of in relation to this family. The first test was the provisions of Hajar coming to an end. So she is there in the middle of nowhere uh, with full trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, 
we have no details of her ever complaining you know about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala she's patient but now she sees that the provisions that she has is coming to an end and that means that you know uh, her child's provisions uh, will 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 come to an end because um, uh, you know for a mother to produce milk she needs to eat and milk is is is, is the food of uh, the child and uh, even at that age when the child is eating now we're having a real situation where the the provisions are depleted and there's nothing around them besides two mountains a mountain known as Safa and a mountain known as Marwa as we know of these two mountains today there's nothing else there's no Kaaba there's no civilization there's no water. There's absolutely nothing, right? And um, the mother here feels the burden of being a mother to her child, and 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 you know, no mother wants to see uh, her child in difficulty. So she gets up and she takes the means. That's what she does. She doesn't complain about Allah. She knows that sustenance is from Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, and it is only for her to take the means. That's what she has to do. She has to do her part. The rest is for Allah Subhanahu. Ta'ala to do. She will not worry about that which is with Allah. She will only worry about that which is with her. So she runs up this mountain and she looks right, she looks left. She thinks maybe I'll see a caravan, people passing and I can borrow some, I can take some provisions from them. I can get some provisions from them. But she sees nothing. So she looks across, she sees the other mountain on the other end. So she immediately she runs down, making sure she can have her eyes on her child. Even though she knows there's no one there, no one's passed by there, no one can be there. But it's a mother's instinct, right? You want to make sure you have line of sight with your child because that's the coolness of your heart. And as she's walking now or, 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 or hustling herself towards the next mountain, Marwa, she has to enter this valley because there's a valley in between the two mountains. And as she goes in, she loses sight of her child. So she rushes through the valley, not complaining about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but with full faith in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And she gets out of the valley and can see her son again. And that brings her heart to, you know, uh, to, to, to contentment. And she continues her way to the next mountain. She climbs up, she sees nothing, she comes back. She has to enter the valley. She rushes through the valley again. And she does this until she's on the seventh round. She's not giving up. She's putting her trust in Allah. If it needs to be, you know, if, if 14 rounds are required, if 21 rounds are required, I'm going to keep on going up and down, climbing this mountain, looking for the sustenance that Allah has for me and my child because it's for Allah to provide. It's just for me to act. And on the seventh round, she hears a sound as she's getting up Marwa. She turns around. She sees the angel standing by her son. Now, no doubt, this is something. You know, this is this is from the unseen, right? And she's a mother. She's worried for her child, and she sees this angel tapping the ground. In the narration in the Sunnah, there's a hadith about this. Uh, the the narrator uh, has a bit of a doubt whether the tapping was done with the wing of the angel or the heel of the angel, right? So both these things are mentioned in the narration, and. From the point where the tapping took place, water starts gushing out the ground and she sees the water. Immediately she sees, you know, the sustenance. She sees this help from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and this water starts to flow. She doesn't know how, you know, long this water is going to, going to, is going to you know, spring out for. So she immediately, with her mother's instinct, rushes towards it. She has no containers with her. She starts gathering the sand around this water and, you know, 
trying to ensure that she can collect as much as she can from the water before it flows away. But subhanallah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala left the actions of Hajar to decide whether the Zamzam would be a well or a flowing river today. Right? The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, when he did the story time with his companions, he said, may Allah have mercy on, 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 on Hajar. On Hajar, sorry, on Hajar. May Allah have mercy on Hajar. Right? Why? If she didn't gather the sand around the water when it was springing forth, it wouldn't be a well today, but rather a free-flowing lake. Subhanallah. Subhanallah. In any case, I leave you with this lesson. And for those who are on hajj, and for those who will go for umrah in the future, go for hajj in the future, then take from the diaries of Dhul-Hijjah the importance of putting your trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Never ever losing hope, focusing on what Allah told you to do and leaving Allah to do that which He said He will do. And when you live your life with that kind of tawakkul and trust, great things happen. Wallahi, great things happen. The Zamzam well has blessed water. Water in which the Prophet ﷺ said will be whatever we wish it to be. If you drink it with the intention of it being food, it will be food. If you drink it with the intention of it being water, it will be water. If you drink it with the intention of it being medicine, it will be medicine. And it's a well that miraculously has existed for centuries and will continue to exist until Allah wills for it to exist. Subhanallah. That is the greatness that happens when you put your trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Take heed, take guidance, take inspiration from the story. I love you all for the sake of Allah. Inshallah, in the upcoming diaries, we'll talk a little bit more about the Hajj and its relationship to the first 10 days of Dhul Hijjah and the month of Dhul Hijjah. Barakallahu feekum. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.